Amazingly, a new Illinois law will make it make it worse in Chicago. I I don't know how it can get worse in Chicago, but it can be. Apparently, keeping kids out of school for two years was a bad idea. And, of course, everything is racist. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. I gotta tell you, I'm running a little late today. And the reason I'm running a little late is I'm watching this Darnell Brooks trial. The... uh, Christmas parade massacre suspect. It's it's playing on YouTube. It's played in full. This guy is such an ass. It's not even funny. He's going to get convicted. They're having this judge has put up with so much from this guy. It's amazing. But I I mean I cannot believe. This guy's going to go to prison. I mean I now what they're arguing about is they're arguing about jury nullification. And the judge is saying you can't bring up jury nullification. What jury nullification means, the jury doesn't like the law, so the jury can nullify a guilty verdict. Even if they think everybody thinks he's guilty, the jury can go out and say, we can nullify, we, we think we think it is something that can we can use. And so they will find a guy not guilty, even though he is guilty, and uh, then he will be released. Now, essentially, this has only been used at one time, and that was used when during Prohibition, where people uh, people who were trafficking in alcohol were found guilty, but through jury nullification, they let him go because they didn't believe in Prohibition. It's one of the reasons why Prohibition never made it. But it's just amazing to watch this asshole try to Hey, I'm, I'm using a little more colorful language lately. You might notice, but what the hell? Um, it's just amazing that this asshole thinks that murder can be nullified by a jury. I mean, this guy is facing 76 accounts, 76 counts, including six counts of first degree murder, like 75, uh, 76 counts of reckless endangerment. I don't know. He's he's facing a bunch of stuff. But this jur- this judge is really putting up with a lot of crap, and I would just sit back. And this is closing arguments. I just want to see the guy make a closing argument. He won't do it. He's just too busy arguing. So, again, he's representing himself, which means the uh, lawyer has a fool for a client. So, it is what it is. Well, let's get to let's get to some news. Um, Joe Biden got another COVID booster today. I think that that makes like twenty seven or something. He's gotten, of course, he's had COVID within a month of, apart, so twice in a month. So apparently, that those boosters, yeah, they're working out real well for them. And we've already talked about the boosters. In other news, uh, the New York Supreme Court. This happened this morning. New York Supreme Court ruled that those who were fired for not getting vaxxed need to be not only reinstated, but they need to receive back pay. Ouch! The New York Supreme Court said this was completely inappropriate. It was completely unconstitutional. It violated the First Amendment. Oh, Now, to tell you how bad this is, 1,400 employees were fired in New York City alone. And, of course, New York's throwing a fit about it. 
Other news, Brittany Griner, the WNBA player who I I think there's a 50% chance that this chick is a dude. I I kid you not, there's a 50% chance this is a dude. Um she went on went on to appeal her drug conviction. You might remember her. She she brought over cannabis or uh hashish oil into Russia so she could play basketball. Then she tried to get on, get on a plane and again the um, they arrested her for it, convicted her, sent her to prison for nine years. Well, and, and then while she played in the WNBA, mind you, she was of course against the playing of the national anthem. So you know, she's, this is a wonderful human being. But anyway, she um, so she appealed, and I guess she's not going to have to listen to the Star Spangled Banner for another eight years because uh, they upheld her. They upheld her sentence. Well, good for them. I, I mean, I don't really give a damn if this gal is over there. I know a lot of people are saying this is a, this is a, um, a BS thing, and it's not. It drugs are illegal in Russia. What do you want? Something else. Something you won't hear from the mainstream media. Marco, a Marco Rubio canvasser was beaten up by four guys while working in Hialeah, Florida. He was just walking, and apparently a couple of pe- four people who are Democrats just decided to beat the living crap out of him. Marco Rubo, Rubio tweeted, Last night, one of the canvassers wearing my T-shirt and a DeSantis hat was brutally attacked by four animals who told him Republicans weren't allowed in their neighborhood in Hialeah, Florida. He suffered internal bleeding, a broken jaw, and will need facial reconstructive surgery. Of course, the media was trying to make this into a white supremacist move because this guy was Hispanic. Um, well, there were some problems with that whole thing. The guys who beat him up weren't white. So they've already arrested one guy. You won't hear about this because this is clearly another example of right-wing violence the media keeps talking about. The problem is the right-wing violence means there's violence being done to right-wingers. Well... Okay, let's get to some let's get to some Kamalaism. So that's the news for the day. You know, there are certain things. I, I was just thinking about this right now. There are certain times when I realize I, I do the same kind of uh, same kind of same kind of subjects every time. Like today, I'm going to do news, then Kamalaisms, and later I'm going to read a uh, read a article. I really should have music in between that stuff, shouldn't I? Kind of introduce things. Well, I whatever. I, it's something to think about. Maybe I'll make my own music this time. I got a guitar. I, I can almost play it. So, hey, maybe I'll do that. Okay, let's get to some Kamala-isms. And then one that isn't actually a Kamala-ism. It, well, it is a Kamala-ism because the hosts of The View are idiots. Um, so, this poor Karen Jean-Pierre... She had a really rough day yesterday, and her big problem is she had a rough day because she can't, for two reasons. One, she can't answer the questions because there's just no way to answer the questions. And two, because she's an idiot. I mean, she is black and gay, which is great, but she's still an idiot. So here she is being asked about the border crisis. Apparently, um, the Border Patrol released uh, some really disturbing incidents. 2.4 2.4 million people who crossed were caught by the Border Patrol. That does not 
include the unknown numbers that actually got over and escaped. It's just that 2.4 million. Now, let's listen to how John Car- P- John Car- John uh, Karen Jean-Pierre is being asked this question, and she's you tell me what she's doing, and then I'll just you 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 think about it. And you you rem- think about what I'm going to say when this this whole section is over. Because to be honest with you, it, it's the same way she answers everything. So let's listen to her. Uh, late Friday, the Department of Homeland Security released the latest numbers on uh, border uh, interactions with the Border Patrol. Uh, they show that over the course of fiscal year 2022, 2.4 million encounters uh, happened on the southern border. That's the most ever on record. Republicans have their arguments uh, about that. What's the White House's uh, explanation as to what happened and why? So I, I've said this before in, uh, at this podium in the briefing room. What we're seeing, this new migration challenge, uh, is driven by people who are fleeing, uh, falling uh, regimes and economic collapse. As you know, in Venezuela, Nicaragua, and also Cuba, it's impacting the entire Western hemisphere, what we're seeing currently. Uh, the number of individuals arriving from Venezuela, Nicaragua, and Cuba was up 245% from September of last year. Okay, there you go. Uh, as you know, we love charts. And um, meanwhile, the number of the number of uh, meanwhile the number of migrants from Mexico and northern Central America America is down nearly a quarter compared to just last year. So we're seeing again a different challenge ahead of us that we're dealing with. Uh, but it, you know, and we've talked about this while we're trying to deal with the challenges. As you all know, you have Republican governors who are using these migrants, using these folks who are trying to flee uh, communism, falling regimes, uh, and economic collapses, as I just mentioned, uh, they're using them as a political pawn, which you've heard us call out many times from here, and you, you've heard the president uh, call out. We, we are hard at work in driving toward a regional solution uh, to manage this new challenge. As you have heard from us on October 12th, we, we announced uh, the Department of Homeland Security announced a series of actions with Mexico to provide an orderly and limited way uh, for Venezuelans nationals to arrive in the United States and encourage them to stop putting their lives in the hands of smugglers. So since the launch of this joint enforcement actions, we have seen the number of Venezuelans attempting to uh, to cross the southern border. You know, when human beings breathe out, we release carbon dioxide, which we've been told is really bad for the environment. How much damage did Karen Jean-Pierre just make with this answer? How to create with this answer? How many trees did she kill? How much ice melted? How many polar bears died? She could have saved a a minute and 45 seconds and probably eight polar bears if she just said, we are not going to do any of this. We're not going to do anything about this. That's our intention. Okay, here she is again. This time, I, I, you know, I do feel sorry for her because there's no answer to this. And so they're asking, the reporter is asking, the reporter's question is rather long, but I'm going to keep it in there because it is something. She asks, 
hey, you guys keep claiming these things about inflation and energy prices and fun stuff like that. Why is it that people actually are not seeing this? And why should they not believe that this is all smoke and mirrors? Her response is, this should say a lot longer than it should have been. Listen. Um, today, the president seemed to be countering some of this GOP messaging on the economy, and he told people that Republicans like to call Democrats big spenders and people should look at the facts. But the facts don't seem to be exactly how he's painting it on some of these issues. Um, he has claimed repeatedly that the administration reduced the deficit. But if you break it down, spending was high because of the pandemic. Those programs expired and that brought down the deficit. And then that deficit reduction was spent on canceling student loans. And then on um, the, the jobs claims that he made, he said that President Trump was the first since Hoover to lose jobs during his administration. But um, And he claimed that he had created 10 million new jobs. But in reality, those jobs have mostly been added back. And the Bureau of Labor Statistics says only about 514,000 jobs have been newly created. So. How are people supposed to take this kind of messaging on their most important issue seriously when some of this feels like smoke and mirrors? Well, let me tell you what the American people should take very, very seriously. Let me remind you of the Trump tax cut of 2017, $2 trillion that was not paid for, not paid for. Uh, so want to be very clear about that. And let me also remind the American people of what was happening in January of 2020, January 20th of, or 21 of 2020, um, uh, 2021, uh, which was that American businesses, small businesses were shutting down. I just talked about schools. Uh, only 46% of schools were shut down. There was not a real comprehensive uh, COVID uh, response and making sure that people got shots in their arms. And because of the American Rescue Plan, which is something that Republicans refused, refused to work on, uh, refused to uh, vote on, uh, you know, the American Rescue Plan got those schools open, got those small businesses uh, uh, open again, and really made, made made us and put us in a place where the economy turned back on. Okay, first off, this could not have been a CNN reporter asking this question. This question was perfect. It sums up what all Republicans say. This must have been OAN, Newsmax. I know it wasn't Fox News because it wasn't Steve Ducey. But this was a great question. And what's her answer? Trump, Trump, Trump. What difference did it make that Trump cut taxes? You're raising taxes. And we have inflation. And you're spending money. And that crap about we're lowering the deficit. We're not lowering. You do not spend $6 trillion this year and last year and tell us we're lowering taxes. That's not a thing. That's not happening. It's garbage. The reality, Biden hasn't created, and, and this is the great part of the question, Biden hasn't created one job. He's created a few hundred thousand. We just got the pre-pandemic levels in August, I think it was. And the unemployment rate under Biden, which is good now, it's going to change when the when the recession really hits. It's still higher than it was under Trump. Trump had the the it had unemployment 
down to 3.1%. This guy's at 3.7 or 3.5. I can't remember what it was. It's still higher. And what do Trump's tax... And, and this is something she doesn't answer. She doesn't answer the question. She just brings Trump. The American Rescue Plan wasn't voted by Republicans, by the way, because it wasn't rescuing Americans. Americans needed to get back to work. The economy would have grown if Biden didn't touch it. He blew $1.4 trillion into the economy that would have caused, I'm sorry, did cause inflation. And keep saying that not one Republican, uh, Joe Manchin, who didn't vote for that thing, Joe Manchin, who did vote for that thing, even said, we got to stop spending money. He said it in a Wall Street Journal opinion piece. Just, just a terrible press secretary. She's not doing Joe Biden any, any help, but I don't think Joe Biden needs anybody to save him or to save him, not save him, but to make him look bad. He just looked bad on, bad on his own. Well, here's Joe Biden being Joe Biden, looking bad on his own. Listen to this one. My, my, my legislation says there can be no more than eight bullets in a round. Okay. What? Last I heard a bullet in a round were the same thing. I can be sure of this because I took the California gun safety course and they kind of said that in the gun safety course that a book aren't you glad that this guy is in charge of gun control policy wow I mean this guy I guess deer do not wear Kevlar uh, vests that's too but not a lot of AR-15s have 300 rounds in them either hey my God, and he, that was the lightest of his gaffes this week. He made gaff after gaff in the, you know, because the elections are coming up. He's got to kind of do some interviews and things like that. He's doing a lot of interviews. He's screwing up just about every one of them. He's getting lost in forests. He's getting confused. Yeah. Now, let's talk about another Kamala. Well, not really a Kamalaism, but just a, a group-wide psychosis by the view. So Senator Ted Cruz uh, from Texas wrote, he's released a new book today. Um, I'm going to read it. I think he's a bit of a dry writer. I won't lie. I, he writes like a lawyer. He's a very good lawyer. You can tell. Um, he decided to do his rounds with the media like everybody who releases a book does. Well, one show he was invited to, which is kind of a shocker, was The View. Now, this takes balls. Because The View, there are a bunch of harpies that just caw, caw, caw the entire time. Especially when they're with someone they don't like. So they, you've got five of these women that just caw, caw, caw whenever he tries to make a point. So it kind of takes balls. But then again, Cruz knows that the combined IQ of The View is that of a very ripe Brussels sprout. So he decides to take it on. Now, this clip is just freaking amazing. And I can't believe that the left actually thinks this is a good look for the view. 
Listen. Was Biden legitimately elected? Because half the party thinks that he wasn't, and it'd be very powerful for you to tell the truth. So so listen, Biden is the president today. There's a lot of folks in the media that any time... Hold on, I'm 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 answering exactly that question. There are a lot of folks in the media that try to... Anytime a Republican is in front of a TV camera, try to say the election was fair and square and legitimate. You know who y'all don't do that to? You don't do it to Hillary Clinton, who stood up and said Trump but stole the election. You don't who said who said that the election was stolen. They sat here yes. and said it was That's illegitimate, right. and, and, it and was. you guys were fine with it. Okay, so, so, so it's illegitimate did, did when Republicans she, did, win, the, but not when Democrats win. No, no you know, here's the thing. We may not like when Republicans win, but we don't go and we don't storm. We don't try to change, but did I miss an entire year of Antifa riots where cities across this country were Antifa burning and, and police cars? Wow. I, I swear. The, the first thing that really gets me when I watch anybody that goes on The View that is not a far left liberal is that he gets attacked by all five of these hens all at the same time. They just all start counting. They just keep talking over him. Because they know the point he's going to make and they don't want the audience to hear it. And of course, the audience is always crapping for clapping. Crapping, clapping, same thing in this case. Always clapping for any time Whoopi makes some stupid comment. Cruz was basically telling them that Democrats have been bitching about elections being irrelevant for the last 22 years, and they have. Bush wasn't a legitimate president in 2000 because Gore should have won. Bush wasn't a legitimate president in 2004 because Gore should have won. Trump wasn't a, a, a legitimate president in 2016 because Hillary should have won. But the second we say that this election is not legitimate, and I think you could pretty much pretty much point to the Biden presidency and say that is not a legitimate presidency. I think you could look at the 2020 election and say, yeah, there's some real questions in that election. Now, I'm not saying he's not president. I'm not saying he shouldn't have been confirmed. I'm not even saying what freaking... Trump did in 2020 was a great thing. Did he cause the uh, did he cause the January 6th riots? No. A lot of people think he didn't. But in that state, in that little diatribe, Whoopi said something amazing. Well, in 2016, it was illegitimate. So wait, and then Cruz points that out, and that uh, to the cackling of the hens. Well, wait a minute. So every time you guys say an election isn't illegitimate, it's okay. But we say one's not legitimate, and it's not. And then the fact that Whoopi Goldberg doesn't know what the uh, Antifa riot is. What an Antifa riot is. You know what? Whoopi should just go to Portland. And walk down the streets. They are still causing problems. In Portland and in Seattle, they're still causing problems. Yes, not as bad as the 2020 riots, but there are still major issues with Antifa in Portland and Seattle. They're still out there.
Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I'm already 24 minutes into this. It's going to be a long podcast because i got to get through all this stuff. So Chicago's had 50 shootings this weekend. I don't know how many were killed, but I think it was like seven, six or seven. Um, and just when you thought that the city could not become more dangerous, in comes the state with a new law. So last year, Governor J.B. Pritzker, who looks like a blimp, signed a law called the SAFT-T, or Safety Act, which you can tell when they name something that is what it's supposed to do, you know it's not going to do it. I'm probably not going to get through anything today. I, I'm probably going to leave the last two stories out because this is this is a fun story. I won't lie. It is a fun story. Okay. So what safety means? The Safety, Accountability, Fairness, and Equity Today Act. Oh, Jesus Christ. And I say that in prayer. God bless those people of Chicago. They're screwed. The second you have fairness and equity in a law, you know it's going to be a jacked up bill. The bill is the same type of justice reform that has already been implemented in New York. And we know how good crime is in New York. How safe New York is. So Kareem Butler, a pretrial justice fellow of the Chicago Appleseed Center for Fair Courts, really long thing, meaning a liberal think tank or activist group. He said of the bill, quote, we'd be ending wealth-based jailing, and restoring the presumption of innocence in the courtroom, which is something that is really under fire and is not valued in our current system. In other words, we're going to let black people out. I mean, that's essentially what this guy is saying. Let's take a look at this, Bill. And we're going to call the podcast after this because I'm just going to have to skip. You're, you're just going to have to wait for tomorrow for the other two things because and I'll, I'll, introduce, I'll start with them anyway. And today's been kind of quiet, so it's not been that much news. So so what does it do? Eliminate cash bail. Now the question you might be asking yourself, okay, so who does it eliminate cash bail for? That's a great question. The law is very, very freaking vague when it comes to this. Okay. Now the problem when when a judge is has a defendant in front of him and he, and he or she is trying to determine bail, one of the things they try and determine is a danger standard. Well, guess what? The law actually says the danger standard must be eliminated for certain crimes. And the only thing that can be conceived of is flight risk. So those laws that we ignore a danger standard, include, get this, here it comes, here it comes, aggravated battery, robbery, burglary, aggravated DUI, kidnapping, vehicular homicide, and all, all of them, drug offenses. So now a judge has somebody who just beat someone with a baseball bat, didn't really kill him. Okay, and the judge says, well, let's just say 
and all the judge can worry about is whether this guy can leave the country. Seriously. <sighs> and then what makes this worse with this bail reform bill, the prosecution needs to prove that this person is a danger to society and that this person is a flight risk. And they have to do it within 48 hours. Basically, we're having a trial before the trial just to figure out if this guy should go, should be released on, uh, with no bail. Absolutely incredible. Uh, it requires police to wear body cameras. That's fine. That's absolutely fine. But the problem with this law is, well, when do the police force policemen turn on their body cam? That's not so clean. Now, you would think that if I'm talking to someone, I could turn on my body cam. The second a policeman in a lot of states, they walk up and they're going to actually talk to someone. For example, I'm a policeman. I'm giving you a ticket. I turn on my body cam. Right? No. If there is no felony suspected, you don't turn on your body cam. And then the, 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 the accused gets access to certain body cams. And by the way, when you deal with the release of a body cam, like a lot of people, the second somebody is, is killed, they say, we want the body cam footage now. Well, no, they can't do that. Because they got a gray out face, they got a they got a blur faces. They, there's lots of things they have to do before they release the body cam. Well, pre-trial, they can sit there and request any number of body cam from any police officer that was there, and it takes time to actually create that body cam footage. It's a way of lengthening the time it takes to actually that the criminal actually goes to trial. Okay, so it also mandates this is this is a great one. It also mandates and by the way, this is a 768 page law that apparently no one read and this was never debated. We'll get to that in a second. Um detainees, in other words, prisoners, criminals they're allowed to make not two phone calls when they get to the police station, but three phone calls from each location in which they're held. Okay, that may not sound like it's a bad thing, but it's a logistical freaking nightmare. So, I'm a criminal. I end up, I, I get taken into jails, the jails. So, I get three phone calls when I get to jails. Then I can't make bail, uh, if there is bail, because there's no bail anymore. And um, I'm taken to county. I'm given another three phone calls. I'm taken back to the courthouse. I get another three phone calls. I'm taken back to jail. I get another three phone calls. It's a logistical nightmare. It's an absolute logistical nightmare. And one of the things I'm betting, I'm betting right here, right now, I'm betting they don't have to pay for it. In the old days, like a year ago, in California especially, because 
unfortunately, I I have a family member who's in jail. I can't say whose family. I can't say who it is. But he gets them for free. So this guy, I kid you not, this weekend I talked to this guy probably, he called probably three, four times. And then he called his girlfriend a couple of times. And these guys are already making phone calls. In the old days, you used to get a thing that says, this is going to be a collect call. Would you like to take? I guarantee you the phone calls are, are, are free. Which means, and because they're secured calls, not only are the taxpayer paying for someone they don't know to make a call, they're paying the extra money for a secured phone call because they're allowed to record the phone call. An absolute logistical nightmare. And of course, without a doubt, they're going to downgrade. They're going to downgrade crimes, right? Like California downgrade. You can't even get a ticket now if you jaywalk in California. Well, in New, in uh, Illinois, uh, now it's no longer an arrestable offense to arrest someone. So some guy decides for trespassing. So some guy decides to go to your your in, sit in front of your house, take a dump at your front door. They can't arrest him. They can only give him a ticket. Needless to say, law enforcement, judges, judges, and prosecutors are pissing on this 800-page bill. But politicians have no idea what they think. Do you know why? Because, because, oh, well, yeah, let's be honest. They have no idea what they think, or they just flat out don't care. The bill was never debated. It was never open to argument from the public. It was just presented, voted on, and signed by the governor. Nobody got a chance to say that this is a BS law. It's going to become the Wild West in states like Illinois, California, New York. Because people are going to buy guns and start protecting themselves. And then you're, and that's going to be called by these states vigil, vigilantism. When someone breaks into my house or trespasses, I shoot them because I don't know who he is. I'm going to be prosecuted. What a wonderful world we live in, yeah? What a wonderful world we live in. Okay, so I really wanted to get into these next stories. I'll just carry them over till tomorrow because, to be honest with you, they're kind of long and there's a lot of analysis in them. And uh, I went longer than I should have for the news stories and the and the uh, Kamala-isms. So I'll do it tomorrow. Um, visit my website at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. Take a look at all the links. They're great. Um, uh, go visit, I gotta stay, stop saying, um, by the way, go visit Rumble, type in dumbasses talking politics. I don't think you need spaces. Just type in dumbasses talking politics. You'll see the newer videos I've released. I hope you have a great day. Talk to you tomorrow. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.